Here in Orlando, Florida, O-Town Compost is leading the composting revolution, recycling organic waste into a nutrient-rich resource. Join Charlie Pioli, founder of O-Town Compost, as we hear from the nation's leading voices behind the grassroots community composting movement. Welcome to the Community Composting Podcast. If you enjoy the Community Composting Podcast and want to support future episodes, please follow the link in the episode show notes to give a small monthly reoccurring donation, even if it's $5 to $10 a month. We'll continue to come out with killer content to keep the grassroots movement rolling. Hey, this is Charlie, back for another personal monologue where I just talk about whatever's on my mind. Uh, related to the industry and composting as well as you know what it's it like to be entrepreneur in this community composting space Uh, i imagine a lot of the listeners are startup composters or maybe a couple years down the line like us at o-town compost um but yeah so o-town compost you know has seen a lot of ups and downs um but you know it may feel like that being in the trenches with a zoomed up perspective day to day but in reality we've been steadily marching upwards if you were to look at a a time series chart of you know number of customers number of pounds diverted from the landfill and zoom out it would look like a steady climb um but if you zoomed in, it would be like a up and down, up and down, up and down, you know, big up, big down, and then back to somewhere near the average. But um, yeah, so that, that's probably what most business owners experience in their first couple years. But I just wanted to mention, um, you know, I had... Uh, interesting thing happened to me today. Well, it started off uh, last week reading an article about the city of Orlando and how they signed on this, uh, you know, popular restaurant in town. They're called Zaza Cuban Cafe. Um, and it, it's a big win, you know, that, that another restaurant in the city of Orlando is composting and I'm definitely happy that they, uh, you know, they got them to sign up. But the city, let me preface by saying the city of Orlando is a bit different than most cities. They actually have their own fleet of trucks. Uh, They have a city-wide ordinance where they're the only ones allowed to pick up any solid waste that could be recycling trash or msw um and they don't really have a definition broken out for food waste or at least not yet they say they're working on it but um it starts off you know prior to o-town compost being founded in 2020 they started collecting food waste back in 2016 and you know kudos to them for being one of the first in the southeast of the united states Uh, Nothing was happening as far as food waste recycling in the city of Orlando. So it was definitely um, the right move to do. And, 
I give them a lot of credit or their chief of sustainability named Chris Castro. Um, he's, I think he's the one who kind of moved that forward. So, um, so yeah, where was I? I, I basically, you know, fast forward to today, uh, O-Town Compost is, you know, a couple years in. We're very popular among our community. We have been contacted by a lot of uh, commercial businesses in the city of Orlando, as well as there's, um, you know, we have a lot of residential clients from the city of Orlando as well. Uh, but, you know, that's because the city doesn't have their own residential food waste collection, uh, even though I would like to see that one day. but. What kind of aggravates me is that right now for commercial food waste collection, the city charges zero dollars. You know, they used to charge $15 a month, but then the pandemic happened and because of financial hardship that a lot of restaurants were having, now it's zero dollars um, and it's two years since the pandemic began and, you know, cases have been extremely low. Uh, and we're in Florida where people uh, would go out with masks regardless of what, you know, the CDC or Dr. Fauci was telling them. So, you know, here we are. Uh, O-Town Compost is not, we're not really competing with the city of Orlando's food waste collection. You know, we can't compete with free anyway. Uh, but, you know, also... You know the city of Orlando's service it's like you kind of get what you pay for because we've gotten calls for some of their clients that they've missed pickups they don't really share like pounds diverted um, they don't give social media shout outs to their customers which I'm sure plenty of restaurants would like the credit for actually doing the right thing for the environment becoming an environmental leader in the Orlando community um, so, you know, that all those things that add value to a composting program and here at O-Town, like we charge, you know, much more uh, than the city of Orlando. Well, right now they're charging nothing. So we're charging, you know, they're charging zero dollars for a pickup. They used to be charging like $15 a month. So that equates to, you know, roughly $7, $7.50 per pickup each month. Uh, that's ridiculous because we all know on this podcast that to send out a truck, to hire a driver, to burn that fuel, and uh, hopefully one day we're using electricity, but that still has about a $1 per gallon um, equivalent cost, um, you know, all that just costs money. And I called up the chief of sustainability, Mr. Castro, and told him today that, you know, it's a source of frustration on our end. We're looking to one day shift the culture and make food waste recycling alongside trash and recycling like a utility as I've always said, but if you're going to value it at zero dollars or just very minimal, like that's creating a public perception that it's not valuable. And people are only composting because 
it's you know something that they think is uh you know they they don't really see the necessity in it necessarily that they're just doing it because they've been peer pressured into it and it's not going to really affect their bottom line so easy peasy but as soon as you know the price goes up which inevitably it will go up in the future when the city implements their zero waste plan and has to collect from basically all the businesses i i predict a commercial food waste ban one day in the city which uh, is going to be a very uncomfortable transition for a lot of these uh, clients of the city who are paying zero dollars i think o-town is getting the commercial client our commercial clients ready for an inevitable uh, switch when it, it no longer is uh, just an election a choice of people to compost their food scraps but it's actually mandatory uh, similar to the state of California or many cities around the the country Austin Texas New York uh, Boston so all in all it was a rough conversation and chris was not happy he felt like he had been advocating for o-town compost and it was kind of a stab in the back that i would even suggest anything he saw that um he basically saw it as they were helping these businesses out to compost otherwise they wouldn't be composting in the first place if they weren't getting free service so you know, I guess we just agreed to disagree, but I, that that's something also I would recommend for our listeners, like squeaky wheel gets the grease, because I know it was a little uncomfortable when I, I made them angry, but, you know, that's their job in the city and county to field questions, especially from small business leaders and, you know, leaders in the environment who are pushing for a better more sustainable future there you know by us diverting food waste and making the city of orlando more sustainable we're actually shining positive light on um their efforts in, in the local government so you know i i feel like i'm i don't regret at all the conversation and it needed to be had and i got it off my chest we talked about other stuff but uh that was definitely memorable so let me shift gears a little bit um i wanted where you know we just put a deposit on a big truck um that's gonna really uh, i i mean it's gonna optimize our our collections it wasn't cheap it was a pretty penny uh but it's a very specific type truck that is made for organics collection and is going to allow our uh, collection to scale by about three and a half times. So, um, you know, I'm excited about that. It's probably not coming until the fall because there's such a shortage and it has to be kind of manufactured by the the deal, the, the manufacturing company. Um, but, you know, that since it costs so much, we're able to only afford the deposit, um, but we're looking for 
to get the rest kind of financed and it's over a hundred thousand so you know as a small business technically we've been in business for two and a half years but you know i don't really think we started until we got our first customer it took maybe two months for us to get our first customer and I remember the exact time and date. I was at a Thanksgiving dinner and I <laughs> ashamedly refreshed my email probably every five minutes at the dinner. But one time I refreshed the email and boom, a moon clerk notice came in. And that's when we use the, the payment system uh, for reoccurring subscriptions, moon clerk. Uh, we don't use that anymore, but it was something that became addicting uh, to just kind of see those new customers come in um, in the form of email. And I think I've done a better job to kind of like wean myself off, but it still gives me such a thought of joy to you know, see that someone values the business you created to remove food waste from the trash and um, you know they're they're willing to pay their hard-earned money to for you to do it for them as you start to take on more food scraps you realize very quickly that you need a better composting system to process the material this is why I highly recommend the aerated static pile micro bin designed and made easy by O2 compost in 60 days I have finished compost without putting in the labor of turning the pile the piles heat up to over 140 degrees, killing pathogens, weed seeds, and fly larvae, making the end product safe to use in the garden. With 32 plus years of experience in the compost industry, Peter Moon, owner of O2 Compost, is a leading expert in the field of ASP composting. I encourage you to set up a free half an hour consultation with Peter Moon by going to his website, www o2compost.com that's the letter o the number two compost.com if you mentioned that you heard about o2 compost on this podcast you'll receive a 10 percent discount on the purchase of the microbin compost training program so financing i've learned a lot since i started the business um i thought around this time last year in 2021 O-Town Compost was in talks with like the local school district and a big coffee shop chain with maybe like 20, 25 locations. And I thought we had to step on the gas. I thought in the blink of an eye, we were going to go for from, um, you know, uh, at that time, we're using our own pickup trucks. thought we we're going to have to go from that to boom, like flip on the light switch and all of a sudden we're servicing like 80 commercial clients, which is crazy. I had no plan for even what I was going to do with that food waste. But luckily life works out. I've noticed, uh, you know, business has worked out where nothing has happened. Just boom overnight. You know, that's not how the world works it's definitely a source of anxiety i think the average person's response is to get anxiety even if it's like for a good thing like oh we're bringing on all these new clients but yeah you you gotta worry a little bit like 
are you going to do a good job? Are you going to, you know, have the right equipment? Are you going to hire someone at the right time? Um, yeah, you just kind of think all that could go wrong and you end up just torturing yourself, which is unnecessary. But so when, when I, when I thought that those 80 new clients were going to come on last year, I went to a couple banks around town, you know, stuffy offices up on the 30th floor of the downtown office tower and met with some guys and, you know, they loved, they complimented me on the idea, um, community composting, how, how novelty, how cool, but it, it just, they basically looked at my personal stuff and my business stuff and you know they just said that it's not a good like i was just too young basically no offense like i have a pretty strong uh financial situation you know i just sold my house uh, a few months ago but they still were the, the risk was too great and you know fast forward to now we're looking to finance the rest of this truck it's a year later i have a new set of tax returns i have uh an income you know a revenue stream that is continuing to tick upwards for o-town compost but still it's too much risk for the big banks and they suggested looking at the small banks and um, quite frankly, like we went to a credit union, they said the same thing, too much risk. Uh, and that, you know, maybe you should, um, you know, maybe you should look at even smaller banks. And the problem with that is as the people willing to lend you money in those quote-unquote risky situations, the interest rate is going to be higher because that's kind of the trade-off with any loan. But, um, so, you know, some of you might be asking, like, why financing? Because, you know, I come from a background where I'm pretty frugal. I don't agree with having any kind of debt unless it's a mortgage. Uh, I think I feel more comfortable, you know, paying my credit card off every month in full and uh, just don't want to owe anyone anything, uh, let alone a bank that is accruing interest. And But let me tell you something about debt in the business context, because that's completely different. A business... Um, you know, needs to grow uh, in order, you know, in our case, to capture more food waste and keep it out of landfills. But in order for us to grow, we need capital. We need like money, we need cash so we can buy trucks, we can, you know, do the paving for a, a new compost site, buy a skid steer maybe. Um, you know, that's not gonna come just by making a profit every month you would have to sit on your profits say in the first couple of years your profits are 20 percent which is probably unheard of for any startup business you're like barely uh, making any profit the first year i think our first year we made like 
over the course of a year, we made maybe a thousand dollars profit, maybe five hundred dollars. But um, so as you know, you're just not going to be able to save enough cash in time to kind of meet that growing demand. Uh, so that's where kind of capital comes in and and can really bridge that gap. And then as long as your your debt every month is maybe 10 or 20% of your revenue, like the lender is going to feel confident you can pay them back uh, plus, you know, a reasonable interest rate, but also um, you you'll be able to just write it off as a business expense. It's not going to like really inhibit you. And if you timed it right, you know, that new piece of equipment like this truck we're buying, um, you know, that we're financing, it's going to triple, quadruple your revenue. So having like a little debt on your monthly uh, income statement is like not a big deal. Um, so I just want, you know, people to feel comfortable with having business debt. I It took me a while to kind of look at it as it is. And one of my mentors even suggested like a revolving credit line. And this is something you can set up with your bank. I haven't really, you know, I haven't really, I don't fully understand what it is, but you know, I talked with my bank yesterday, Bank of America, and they're like, yeah, uh, revolving credit line is ideally for a business that's maybe like over three years old. And um, it's gonna be probably like 10% of your uh, annual revenue or monthly revenue, I believe. So it's, you know, it might not start off crazy, um, but it's like a, it's like a few percentage points of interest. And it's something that you can always just like dip into. Um, if you have, say like, uh, you're buying a hundred 64 gallon toters or, um, you know, you're maybe buying like a small cargo van for a few thousand, a used cargo van, or you're buying a case of liners or something. And especially if you know your, your revenue, your reoccurring revenue that month is going to come in and be able to pay for it. Plus your other expenses like payroll, marketing, whatever. Um, yeah, it's, I think a great option that I'm excited for as we get older. Unfortunately, right now we're too young, uh, for it to really be, I, I just don't, I think we're too young. Like Bank of America is not willing to take that risk on us yet, but, um, they, they do acknowledge like the upward progress and they say, come back to us next year and even with that loan we're trying to get um, for our truck, they said, yeah, come back to us next year and we can refinance. Um, so that's a good strategy. But uh, then my mentor, you know, he has probably a multi, he has a multi-million restaurant chain and I think his annual revenue for the company as a whole is like 60 million. You know, they, have a revolving credit line where they can straight up like just borrow the money to build a new restaurant (laughs) 
and you know make the modifications or con construct a new restaurant so that's a little bit different that's big time um what else about finance you know one great thing about us community composters is we have reoccurring revenue at least on the residential side that we can pretty well estimate estimate um, even with the commercial side you kind of know what's going to come from the commercial side and um, you know just gotta unfortunately there's those down times like maybe during the holidays if you're servicing a university or college you know you, you, there's not going to be pickups during their off months um, yeah so that I think finance is definitely got to learn that in order to run your business like pretty smoothly and, you know, think about how to um, make sure your, your employees are well taken care of. Um, your, yeah, there's just, it's a whole strategy. So let me end this monologue this podcast by just uh, mentioning a little bit about like i just wanted to mention this new opportunity that came across our lap and it involves uh gary my mentor with ecosafe uh zero waste I, i'm not gonna like give full disclosure but Let's just say the multifamily generator sector that the whole waste industry, except for, you know, the whole waste diversion industry has been struggling with diverting anything from multifamily buildings. Pretty much in any city you are, even in the progressive cities, multifamily buildings are traditionally just hard to recycle in, to compost, to do bulk trash pickup or you know save scrap any metal electronics uh just because everyone in a multi-family building shares like one receptacle and um you know contamination is pretty rampant um you know here in orlando uh mo a lot of uh we're very like hospitality focused in Orlando as you imagine we have a huge tourism industry but a lot of multifamily buildings have this nifty service called a valet trash service so people have a receptacle that lives outside their door and whenever they want you know five seven days a week there's trash pickups and a team of valet um, staff members come by pick up their trash aggregate it and then take it to the property's dumpster at the end and you know a long time ago i i thought to myself like why can't we have valet composting and uh you know there is a lot to be concerned about setting food scraps outside one's door a lot of people's uh, apartment properties are like you set out it outside the door on the first floor and it's right outside. So a stray cat or, you know, a critter could just waltz up to the, the, the bin and start nibbling away so at the, you know, at the liner or something. So 
Um, yeah, it's not easy, but we have a very promising opportunity coming up that um, we can't wait to share with everybody. And um, yeah, so that's it. I'll sign off, but thanks so much for listening. Have a good rest of the day. Please rate and review on whichever podcast platform you're listening to. If you feel like this is good content and you're learning a lot about compost, 